podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. As the ushers are waiting on the people, I thought I'd just kind of start out this morning. In fact, we're going to do this a little different. I was planning on preaching and, uh, you know, uh, much of the time I will do that, but I really felt checked by God to kind of mix it up and change it up this morning. So I asked my wife to, to join me today in hopes that we would get a conversation going that maybe you wouldn't fall asleep in church today, that maybe you would have a hearing ear to really catch what I believe is absolutely crucial and important in the, in the season and the moment that we're, we're living yeah. in. So I thought I'd just uh, start this, uh, this day off with, with just uh, sharing with you a uh, a few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to go uh, on a hunt. I'm a hunter. For those that don't know that, I love to hunt. I was raised that way, and I apologize for all you California people that love your animals and all that. But, <laughs> but I did have an opportunity to go hunting a few weeks ago, and uh, uh, I love just getting out in the woods. It's just how God really uh, just, just been spending time with Him. And then occasionally, if there's a big enough buck, a buck is, is a deer with antlers uh, that's legal to shoot. If a big enough buck comes out and uh, where I could have bragging rights, sometimes I will, I will shoot that and then I'll, um, I'll cut it up and eat it because I like, I like steak. So all you vegetarians, I apologize in advance. Uh, so I can see this story is going over really yeah. well here in <laughs> California. Um, but anyhow, a few weeks ago, we, mm-hmm. I was out there and I was in God's country and I was just thinking and meditating. In fact, a buddy was there with me, and we were up on the perched on this rock, and we were out down looking at this valley, and sure enough, tree line, here comes the biggest buck that you've ever seen in your life. Now, if you're a hunter, that's, that's when the adrenaline starts flowing, and men start getting goofy and weird, and, and so that, that, that buck came out, and I could not believe what I was, I was seeing, and so... I didn't know if my, my buddy had seen the deer, so I didn't want to tell him because it was too big, and I wanted to shoot the buck, so, so I, 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 I racked a, 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 a load into my rifle, and man, I, I popped off and shot that thing, and about the same time that I shot, same time I shot, my buddy shot too. We shot at the same, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen, shot at the same exact time, and sure enough, we... We hit that buck. Well, well, the truth was, I hit that buck. I was convinced that, that, that I hit the buck. My friends started saying, no, that, that was my bullet that hit. Now, my wife hadn't heard this story until yesterday. yesterday. And, and, so, and so, no, it was my bullet that hit the buck. And he was, he was sure that his, his bullet was the one that hit, hit the buck. And so uh, I apologize uh, to have to tell you this, but, but I kind of lost my salvation because I began to get angry. And gave him a few choice words in the moment. And, and, and because I was certain that it was my, my, my bullet that, that downed that buck. And we got loud in the middle of nowhere on that rock in, in God's country. And we were literally arguing over who shot the buck when, when at that time a game warden actually pulled up. I guess he had heard about the argument or it was close or something. I, I mean... You never know where those guys are, so you've got to be cautious to always do it legally. So he pulls up and he says, hey, what's the problem? What's going on? And I, so I explained to him, hey, we, 
you know, this buck came out, and, and, uh, and we happened to shoot at the, the same time, but I'm certain that it was my bullet that killed the buck. And, and, uh, and then my, my buddy, he, he spoke up and said, no, I'm sure it was my bullet. And so we're, here we are arguing again. The game was, hey, listen, listen, let me, I know how to figure this out. I can solve this problem. Let me go look at the deer, and, and I'll tell you who shot the buck. He goes down there. He looks at the deer, uh, stares at it for a while, and then he shouts back, is any one of you a preacher? And I said, absolutely, I'm the preacher of the, bu- of, of the bunch. He says, well, it's the preacher that shot the buck. And I said, I told you it was my bullet that shot the buck. And so I was kind of like, wow, that's really crazy that the game warden knows that I shot the buck. And I says, hey, how, how do you know that I shot the buck? He says, well, it's obvious. He says, it, the bullet actually went in one ear and out the other. Oh, dear Jesus, isn't that the cutest thing you've ever heard? There's a point. And the reason why we're doing what we're doing this morning is it's my prayer and my hope that what we're getting ready to say doesn't go in one ear and out the other. So we thought we would just mix it up just a little bit in hoping that you would hear well, we really believe God wants us to hear uh, as a church. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking to, to the church at large. I'm talking to those that call celebration Good. their home. In fact, um, in the last couple of weeks, I, I feel like I've been bringing a word uh, uh, to you. And I think, I think my, my concern is, is that that word is just going in one ear and out the other. And so we're going to mix it up and change it up just a little bit. And I'm going to bring back to you uh, what I believe God is really saying in this moment, in this season of all of our lives, especially how it pertains here in, in the church at Celebration. Um, uh, several weeks ago, I began to pray uh, concerning even the election and all the craziness that was going on in my, my, my world and what in our world. And I said, God, what do you want me to do as a pastor, as somebody who has influence uh, and have, have people that we're leading? What is it that you want me to say? So if you've been in, here in the last couple of weeks, I keep bringing this particular verse and we're going to bring it again because I really do believe that this is God's promise yes. and God's word for where you're at Good. right now. So, so we've been hearing a lot of breaking news, a lot of news alerts lately, but but CNN News has not been telling you this. Fox News has neglected to, to communicate this, this truth to you. Uh, BuzzFeed and your technology, I don't think they're buzzing your technology to give you the latest update that you really need to hear. And I'm going to, I'm going to remind you from the most reliable source that we ever have mm-hmm. called the Bible, here's what you need to hear in this crazy world that we live in. It's found in Isaiah chapter 3, verse 10. It says, Tell the godly that all will be well for them. Um, I like this because in context, if you you read it in context, their world was not much different Mm -hmm. than our world. Their world was going really crazy at that time. And God said to the, the prophet here, the preacher, mm-hmm. Isaiah, he says, would you go tell my people, yeah. would you tell them, would you tell godly people that all will be Good. well for them? And I felt like, 
in this moment and in this season of our life, for the people that I'm pastoring here at Celebration, yes. that God, God has sent me, and my prayer and my hope mm. is that it don't go in one ear and out the other, Good. is that God is sending us to tell you yeah. that all, all will well. be Good. well. All will be well. At all of our campuses, all will be well. And we're going to take the next few moments just to make sure you really understand that. We're going to unpack that a little bit. Uh, Baby, I don't know what what your thoughts are. I think one of the things when I read this, it says, tell the godly that all will be well for them. It's easy for us to hear that and go, okay, well, who's a godly person? Because we all have our perspective or our opinions of what a godly person is. Sometimes to us, a godly person is one that doesn't, you know, say bad words, one that reads the Bible all day, one that prays an hour every day, one that does everything exactly right. And we think somehow we must disqualify, that must disqualify us from all going well with us because we're not so godly. But when, in our, when we've been discussing this, uh, you know, in Romans it talks about uh, being godly or being made right with God. It says we're made right with God by placing our faith in Christ Jesus alone. So if we are believers in Christ Jesus, the Bible calls us godly or righteous or right before God. So if we're sitting in this room or at any of our campuses and we're saying, well, I've placed my faith in Christ Jesus, then this verse is for you. For Does you. it matter if you pray an hour a day right. every day or if you're doing everything exactly right? It just simply means trusting yeah. in Jesus Christ or trusting God for your life. Right. If you look throughout the, the Bible, if you want to sum up, like she just said, what it means to be godly, uh, godly people are simp- simply people who have chosen to put their hope, their Good. trust, and their confidence in God. Yeah. That's what it means to be godly. Good. And that's, that's all you need for this promise to be your promise. For those that have put their trust, not in, not in Donald Trump, mm-hmm. not in Hillary, not in our political, Good. you know, but those who have put their trust and their hope and their expectation in God, it's going to go well for Good. them. And, and since I, I just, uh, I just, I just uh, touched on that aspect, the elephant in the room in our nation, we have a great nation that is a divided nation right now because half the people did not get their, their president in the White House. And so we have this, this political division that's going on in our nation. And can I say something to celebration today is that before you're a Democrat and before you're a Republican mm-hmm. and before you're an independent, you are a Christian. Good. Very good. And, and it is our job to be the answer to this great divide. Who can bring healing to these two halves? It's called the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you, we, listen, the Bible says they will know who we are by our love, yes. not by our political agenda. Come on. Not by our political slam. Come on, if we're going to bring healing to our nation, it's not going to be because we point our finger and hate on people. We're going to have to love people into the kingdom of God. Come on, that's a good place to shout. Very good. 
because our hope and our trust was not who got into the White House this past week. Our hope and our trust who is, is the one who still sits on the throne, regardless Good. who's in the White House. Good. Come on, your job is not to promote the White House. Your job is to pray for those that are in the White House. Come on, we are Christians, and this world's going to know us. This city's going to know us because we are loving people. Amen? So good. So I love this. He says, he says, tell the godly, those who have put their trust in, in me, tell them today, tell them yes. that all will be well. The, 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 the rest of that verse goes on to say that, that good things will happen to them, yeah. that good things will happen to them. To, to who? Those that, that are godly, those that have put their trust yes. in, uh, in God. So, so here it is, yeah. is, is in all of our campuses, I, we don't know what you're going through. We know it's much bigger than just the political thing. Some of you are, are facing relational problems. Mm-hmm. Some of you are facing financial problems. Some of you, your kids, your teenage kids are acting like the devil. Uh, we don't know what your, your issue, what your problem, where your pain where your hurt is. We, we just feel like God has sent us here today yes. to take a time out. And our prayer is that it doesn't go in one ear and out the other, that before you leave here today, that you are so stirred with faith that regardless the hell you're going through, it's going to be okay. all right. So it good. will be well with you. You know, that word well for you that don't know, many times throughout the scripture when it says, well, it's talking about the peace of God. What God is saying that you're going to have my peace. The peace of God is where nothing is broken and nothing is missing in your life. God wants it to be well. I, I think the take home yes. here today is this statement right here. For the godly, everything is going to be all right. If, okay. if, I, can, if I can brand that on your mind and upon your heart, uh, if I could get somebody to tattoo that on their forehead, mission accomplished today. I'm just here to tell you in your pain, your hurt, your tears, whatever's going on in your life, I just have a word for you. Everything is going to be so all right. We used to sing a song when we first started this church many, many days ago, back in 1992. This goes all the way back that when, when my wife was actually on the worship team. Can you imagine I my wife helping to lead then. worship? I was a worship team, yeah, children's, children's pastor, ministry, all slept that with a pastor. But we used to sing this song. Some of you... I what? still do that, but... Do what? I said I slept with the pastor. Oh, my goodness. We've we got to shut this thing down now. we got to get home now. Anyhow. Going home. Listen, this is hard for me as a pastor to have to, to have to have a wife like this. You know, it's like sometimes I just want her to to hold me. I don't. You know, it's oh just. Oh my gosh. It's like, baby, not tonight. You know, you always have to go there. It's like, can't you just hold me and value me and respect me and you know, it's it's hard being me at all of our campuses. It's hard. Pray for your pastor. It's it's oh, yeah. tough. It's it's hard. It's it's difficult. Uh-huh. Where were we going? I don't know. I did it to myself. I don't know. We used to sing a song. I've got a feeling everything <laughs> yeah, yeah. is going to be all right. Does anybody remember that old <laughs> song? I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. I, I just feel like that's what you need to hear today. Man, there's so, so many situations going on at all of our campuses. And here's what I know. Everything is going to be 
All right. This isn't just found one place in the Bible. We could actually spend the rest of the day taking verse after verse showing you this is a promise that God gives over and over and over because he doesn't want to see you stressed out. He wants you to have a confidence and a belief and a knowing everything is going to be all right. Let's just show you quickly a couple other verses because the Bible says with every truth that we need to establish it by two or three witnesses. So you always need two or three verses just to establish that truth. But notice here in Psalms 128 says pretty much the same thing. Yeah, it says great blessings belong to those who fear and respect the Lord and live the way he wants. You will enjoy the Lord's blessings and all will go well for you. I like that. I like that. Now, now if you haven't caught it, notice that it's not just some things, it's all. He says, tell them that all will be well. The New Testament counterpart of this truth is a verse we read all the time. Some of you have this on your refrigerators just to remind you. And I think so many times we quote this, but it's not impacting our life. And my prayer again is that we would awaken to this truth that that, that we hear about in Romans 8, 28. Notice what it says. It says, we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose for them. Did you hear that? Everything. How, how many of you have heard that verse before? I like how that starts. It says, and we know. We know. That's what we want for you at all of our campuses today. Man, we want you to know this, that, yeah. that regardless what's going on right now, you need to know that God is working it all out for your Good. That means the, 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 the bad, the nasty, so good. The, the, the painful, the hurtful. God has a way of taking the good, the bad, and the ugly and making it turn out for your good. good. Has God ever done anything like that for anybody here? Yes. Come on, at all of our candidates. Can, can I get a witness? Now, here's what I know about that promise is that sometimes uh, the outcome may not be what we think it's going to be or what we're expecting it to be, but this is what you need to know with God. The outcome will still be good in your life. So we're just here to tell you, news alert, breaking news, CNN News didn't tell you this, Fox News that you have saturated yourselves with did not tell you this, but you're in church to hear this today, all will be well for the godly. All will be well for the godly. You know, we see a great picture of this in the Old Testament Mm -hmm. when God's people were in slavery. For 400 Mm -hmm. years, they were in slavery. Now, I don't know if you've ever uh, thought about this, but the Bible says that that some 2 million people or so were, were there in Egypt, and actually they were in a region called Goshen. It was a part of the ancient Egypt there, and they couldn't be with the rest of the Egyptians, so they kind of all pushed the slaves over into this territory called Goshen. So what takes place there is that in Egypt, God begins to deal with Pharaoh about letting God's people go. We know the story there in Exodus, and all the plagues begin to come upon the land, and uh, God begins to deal with the hardness of, of Pharaoh's heart. And we know the, at the end of the day that, that some two million plus slaves are able to leave Egypt's bondage and they go to the the promised land. But here's what I want you to see because it's such a picture. Understand that Egypt is a type of the world. When it talks about Egypt in the Bible in the Old Testament, it's a type of the world. Goshen, that the land that they lived in, now think about this, this land that that some two million people lived in was only about a 30 to 40 mile uh, stretch or in length that, that all these people were crammed 
into. Now, what was interesting is back then is that when the plagues begin to happen uh, on Egypt, the Bible says that it happened all over Egypt, all in Egypt, except for this territory called Goshen. And I want to read a couple of these to you because I believe it's going to stir faith that regardless what's going on in the world, it doesn't have to happen in Goshen or it doesn't have to happen for believers. In other words, the point of the story here is that God protected his people in Goshen. Notice Exodus chapter 8. This is actually the fourth plague so flies where flies surrounded the whole land of Egypt. Notice what it says here. He says, On that day I'll set apart the land of Goshen, where my people live. No swarms of insects will come there, so you'll know that I, the Lord, am in this land. I'll put a barrier between my people and your people. I love that. God says I'll put a barrier. Love that. Listen, Madeira, Fresno, <laughs> Clovis, don't miss this. This is... This is huge. This will build your faith if you understand what God is trying to communicate here. The, the ancient Egypt at that time, I want to give you a little bit of perspective. Ancient Egypt at that time in square miles was about the size of the state of California. Goshen, in which God's people lived in, that was about the size in square miles of half of Madeira County. I thought we would use Madeira since we have a campus in Madeira. So, so here you have Egypt, which is the, is the size of the state of California. Goshen, where God's people are, is about the size of Madeira. And so here the Bible says that all of a sudden this plague of flies, and there were flies everywhere. In other words, all these ten plagues ended up happening in this ancient land of Egypt. So there are flies everywhere. It is, it is, it is absolutely a, a plague that has happened in the land. But what was interesting is that God created a barrier that there were no flies in Goshen. Can you imagine for flies to be everywhere in the state of California, everywhere you live, everywhere you eat, everywhere you go, you can't scrape them off of your face. Flies are everywhere, but all of a sudden you show up in Madeira and there's no flies? That's exactly what was happening in here is God says, I'm going to distinguish between those who serve me and those who don't serve me, the ungodly and the godly. And you see this all through the different plagues. Notice here in the fifth plague where the death of the livestock came to all the animals. Notice in Exodus chapter uh, 9. And the Lord did just like he said. The next morning all the livestock of the Egyptians died, but the Israelites didn't lose a single animal. Can you imagine the state of California? Hmm. Every animal dying but all of a sudden you drive into Madeira, Madeira County and all their cows are living, their dogs are living, their chickens are still roosting or whatever they do, crowing, right? Can, can, how many of you see this? This is crazy. There is death all over the state of California, but not in Madeira. You'd be all of a sudden going, wow, hey, what's going on? This is crazy. This is exactly what's going on with these plagues. And God has created a barrier that protects his people. Why? Because God's always promised that everything's going to be okay. You might live in a world of chaos and, and issues and problems. 
but it's not happening in Goshen. I've come to tell somebody here today, it's not mm-hmm. happening in Goshen. It's not happening in godly people's lives. Good. Notice here in the seventh plague, a, a great storm came to the land of Egypt. It says all over 9. Egypt, the hill knocked down everything that was out in the open. It struck down people, animals, every plant in the fields, destroyed every tree in the fields. The only place it didn't hail was the region of Goshen where the Israelites lived. Is that not crazy? That's cool. Is that not crazy? Is anybody else getting this besides me? This is absolutely crazy. This is like, think about it. California has a mega, mega storm, and there's size of hell, the size of baseballs, and it's knocking people out, tearing trees down, thrashing the land of California. But all of a sudden, you drive in to the city of, of Madeira, and there's nothing going on there but protection and well-being. All is well in Goshen. Notice the tenth, ninth plague here in Exodus 10. It says, Moses lifted his hand toward the sky, and throughout Egypt there was total darkness for three days. People couldn't see each other. No one went anywhere for three days. But all the Israelites had light where they were living. How many of you can see this? This is a picture. This is a picture. Don't miss this. This is a picture of what God does for his people. In Isaiah, when I read the opening text, to tell the people all will be well for the godly, it goes on in the very next verse that the prophet was also supposed to tell the ungodly that it will not be well for them. It's It's a truth. The Bible talks about it over and over. And here's a picture of it. God's people are in the territory of Goshen, and, and the plagues are not touching them. The mishaps are not touching them. The, the, the tragedy is not Good. affecting them. And I've just come here to tell somebody it's not happening in Good. Goshen. Somebody needs to declare that over their life today. Good. It's not happening in Goshen. Come on, let me make this really clear. It's not happening in my life. Good. It may happen, it may happen, but it ain't happening. It isn't happening in my marriage. It's not happening in my home. It's not happening in my finances. I don't care what's going on out there. I'm blessed. Come on. It's not happening in Goshen. God's got a place for you, regardless how crazy our world gets, that it will be well for you. It'll be well for you. It'll be well for your relationship. It'll be well for your finances. It'll be well for your family. Because God always has a place called Goshen. So good. Come on, somebody. You need to hear that. In fact, Isaiah talks about this very same thing. He says that in this last day, that darkness, gross darkness is going to yeah. cover the earth. In other words, the world is, you shouldn't be shocked with the way our world is going. The Bible already prophesied it's going to get worse and worse and worse. But we don't freak out with what is freaking out. The Bible says in that moment, the church is going to get brighter and brighter so and good. brighter. Very good. This is our hour. This is our moment if we can see it clearly. CNN News isn't telling you that. True. Fox News is not telling you that, that. But the good news, God's news is telling you, regardless how dark so it good. gets out there, you live in a place Very called good. Goshen. It's so easy to be... Uh, to be um, Seduced into thinking that uh, the dysfunction around us has to be us. You know, we tend to think that, you know, the world is crazy, so I'm going to be crazy. The world's money's messed up, so my money has to be messed up. There's tragedy in the world, so tragedy has to be upon me. And I think what's so great about this is not so with God's people. 
you can stand up and, you know, when, when Facebook is trying to tell you, you know, what's going to happen in your life or the news is trying to tell you what's going to happen to your life or, or maybe situations are trying to tell you what's going to happen in your life. It's important that you stand up and say, no, I'm a godly person. That's not happening in my house. That's not the way it is in my house. All is well in my house. It's well, it's well. for me. It's well for me. Yeah, I think probably part of why we're so passionate about this and as we begin to wrap some of this up today is because, you know, we've pastored this church now for 24 years. Uh, we've been married some 33 years, and uh, we've lived a lot of life. I know we look young, but we've lived a lot of life, and, uh, and God has never failed us. Never. And we've been through hell and back. You might look at us now and say, well, they've never had a problem, but we have been through hell and back. And I'm here to tell you, what we're teaching and what we're sharing today in this, this moment for, for the people of celebration in a world that's mm -hmm. crazy, this is what you have to hang on to. Yeah. You have to come to the conclusion that regardless how bad it gets out there, it's not going to happen with my life. It's not going to happen with mm -hmm. my marriage. It's not going to happen with my children. It's not going to happen with my finances. I'm not freaking out with those that are freaking out because my God has given me a promise. All will be, All will be well. well. You know, there's a story in the Bible that really illustrates this. One of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. I actually have preached this so many different times. It's a, it's a woman in, in uh, Shunem. She's a Shunemite woman. And uh, many of us have read that story in 2 Kings chapter 4. And, 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 and the Bible tells about the Shunem woman and her husband who had befriended the prophet Elisha. And Elisha would come traveling through Shunem on occasion because he'd go out throughout, throughout all of Israel to preach and to minister and to do what God had called him to do. And every time he'd go through Shunem, the, the, the woman and the husband would invite him in for, for lunch or for dinner. And then uh, one day the Shunammite woman says, you know, I perceive he's a man of God. And she begins to talk to her husband. She says, you know what we need to do? Instead of just giving him a meal, what we need to do is we need to add on a bedroom to our house so that any time that Elisha, the man of God, comes to our city, that he has a place he can come in, he can rest, and then he can leave from here and go on out and preach and do what God's called him to do. And the husband says, that's a great, great idea. Now, I want to stop right there because right there she's already communicated. This, this couple has already communicated that they're godly people. Why? Because godly people always make room for God Good. in their home. Maybe that's, a great, maybe that's a great question to ask yourself today in the world mm -hmm. we live in. Have you really made room for God in your life? So they invest, they build this, this room, they add it on to their house, and now Elisha comes by. He's taken by the generosity of this couple, and he, he's resting there, and he thinks to himself, man, I, I need to do something for this couple. They've, they've, they've blessed my life. I need to reach out and bless them. And so Elisha says, what can I do for you? And the woman says, listen, we didn't, we didn't give our tithe so that we can get something back. We didn't add on this room and make room for God to get something. We're doing it because we just love God. See, see, I think that's another important truth that what we're doing, we're not doing to get something. Good. We, we ought to tithe celebration. We ought to give what we give and serve and do what we do, not because we're trying to get something from God, right. but because we're in love. Good. Come on, is anybody in love with God yeah. at all of our campuses? Well, what would that look like if a thousand people, instead of trying to get God to do something, they said, God, you don't need to do anything else. Dying on the cross was enough. 
If you never did another thing, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be committed. I'm going to be dedicated. You don't have to do another thing for me. And that's what that woman was communicating. But Elisha says, nah. She says, we got to do something. And Elisha's servant said, you know, she's never had a child. She's been barren. And, you know, now they're kind of up in age. And the Bible even says this, that her, her husband can't even perform anymore. And they didn't have Viagra back then. And so this is really tough. It's a hard situation. They need a miracle. And so Elisha looks at this couple that's never had a child and says, about this time next year, you're going to be holding in your arms a, a baby boy. And the Bible says that a year later, they're holding a baby boy in their arms. Come on, I'm here to tell you for those that are barren at all of our campuses, maybe, maybe you're struggling and you're, 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 you're a couple and you're married and you haven't been able to have kids. I'm here to tell you, God, God can do a miracle right now. So God true. can blow your mind. We just got a report last week that there was a couple in here. They were believing God. They were, she was bare and couldn't have kids. And, and we literally laid hands on them mm-hmm. in the, the altar area here in, in the Clovis area. And now, and now what couldn't be, what was an impossibility, guess what? She's now pregnant. God's turned that situation around. Come on, I've seen that miracle so many times in this church. And so now they're holding this miracle child and the baby, the child begins to grow. And one day the the son's out working with his dad and he gets a headache and the dad doesn't know what to do. And he says, hey, you need to just go home to mama. And And so the boy goes home to mama and the Bible says, catch this, the Bible says that she held her child in her arm. For, for about a half a day, trying to do everything she knew to do to, to heal and to help her child that was, that was sick. And the Bible says at noon, that baby, that child, that promised child breathed his last breath and died in her, her arms. That, that woman, that Shunammite woman, took that child and marched that child up to that room, the prophet's room, the room they added on and laid it on that man of God's bed. You know what's interesting to me? Is she didn't take that child to the child's room. She didn't take that child to their bedroom. That's a word of God for somebody here today. Man, when your world crashes on you, when you've lost all hope, here's what you need to do. You need to march right back to the place where you got the promise in the first place. He's the only one. God is the only one that can fix it. God is the only one that can deliver. And the reason why I say that, and baby, we've talked about this so many times, is so many times that when you're hopeless, it's so many times that you, when you feel like your, your, your baby has died, like, 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 really, God? That's where we usually get offended with God, and then we quit going to church. We quit doing the things that we should be doing. And I'm here to tell you, listen, in that hopeless situation, you need to be pushing back into the place of promise like never before. The story goes on, and the story goes on, and she, she runs out of the house, and she gets on her donkey. She saddles her own donkey. That, that's a great story in and of itself. Women ought to saddle their own donkeys. She runs off to the prophet. And the man of God, Elisha, sees this Shunammite woman coming from a distance. And we're going to read this sto- the rest of the, the story here. Yeah, in Second Kings it says, So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When the man of God saw her coming, he said to Gehazi, his servant, 
He said, look, there's the Shunammite. Run at once to meet her and say to her, is all well with you? Is all well with your husband? Is all well with the child? I like that. We're going to wrap this up mm. today, and that's how we want to wrap it up at all of our locations. Uh, I love God speaking here through the prophet, and he's saying, is all well with you? That, that's a question I believe God is asking you today. Mm. Is, is, it, is it okay? Is, is all well? How are you doing spiritually? How are you doing physically? He asked him three different things. Is it well with you? And then he says, how's your marriage doing? Mm. In other words, how's your relationships doing? And he says, he says, he says how's, your, how's your son? How's your, how's your family? God wants to know that it's okay. God wants to know that it's well, listen, with you. He wants to know that it's well with your relationships. Mm. And he wants to know that it's well with your family. Why does he want to know if it's well with you? Because if it's not well in those areas, here today, God's got a promise that it needs to be well. God wants it well. The most remarkable thing happens when the man of God asks these three questions. Notice what this woman says. She responded by saying, she says, all is well. Another translation says, everything is all right. Everything is going to be all right. Everything's all right. I don't know, baby. What do, you, what do you think she's saying there? I think she knows where her hope lies. I think she knows it's going to be all right. I know there's plenty of times in our lives, you know, over the many years we've been married where it seems like, you know, I, I know when Randy and I got married 33 years ago, we made a commitment that day that, that as we were getting married, our life, our new family was going to be built on the Word of God. We were going to live our life based on the Word of God. We weren't going to try to fit God around our lives. We were going to fit our lives around what God wants, His purpose and His plan. And we made a commitment. We were going to do our money God's way. We were going to do our kids God, raise our kids God's way. We were going to have our relationship with each other and, and their calling and the purpose in our life. It was all going to be built God's way. But I got to say, through many seasons of our life, there's been different opportunities. Man, where our bodies physically didn't look like the word of God said, where it looked like our kids, you know, through the teenage years, were going crazy and not doing, uh, you know, all the things we raised them in the direction to go. And, and some of them choosing not to go into that direction and, you know, easy to say, okay, man, this is just crazy chaos in our, in our life right now. But since our life was based on the word of God, you know, we sat down many times and said, you know, I don't know about this craziness. All I know is God's promise says this. God's promise says all is well. God's promise says no matter what my money looks like right now, no matter that they're hooking up our car and repossessing it, it doesn't matter what's happening right now financially. All I know in the end, God's promise to me is all is well. What am I going to say? All is well. Physically, when it looks like, man, the doctor's report doesn't look like the word of God says, all I know, I don't know about all that. I just know one thing. God's promise to me is it will be well. Marriage, it will be well. Finances, it will be well. Money, it will be well. Any area of my life, it will be well. And I think that's what she's saying. It, I, I know the yeah. baby looks dead right now. I know he's dead right now. But I know God's promise, and it's all is well. I, th I think it's important to understand what was this woman doing? And she just said it. 
She was not denying what was. She was just declaring what she believed. Yes. Celebration, we don't want you to deny what, what is, because God really wants to know, is it well? Is it well? And he wants to know, is it well? Because if it's not well, he wants it to be well. He we're not denying what is, but as people of faith, we're declaring what, what we, we believe. You know, when I hear that lady's response, it reminds me so many times, because my wife is, she is a mighty woman of God. I don't, I don't, I live with the woman. She's just a great Christian model, and I, I'm very close to her. I don't know of a greater Christian on, this fa- on the face of the earth. I, I'm serious. She lives this stuff. And I'll never forget, especially in a moment of time when we were raising our teenage kids, that it looked like, man, all hell got into our family. And I could remember the heartbreak in that and the, the pain in that because that's not supposed to happen to preachers. Come on, our, our kids are supposed to be good, right? Our kids are supposed to be right. And, and we never dreamed that that would happen to our house. So, so we totally get, we get that whole thing. And man, we were in pain and we were bleeding and we didn't know how to stop the bleeding. And, 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 and I'll never forget on our, the landing of our stairs, we kind of we met each other and looked eye to eye. And we didn't have to say a thing because we, we knew each other was in pain. But she looked me in my eyes and she said that. She says, all I know, and you've heard me tell this story so many times. She says, all I know with our home, with our family, it will be well. It will be well. Now, now, now listen, at that moment, it was not well. If we had the liberty to really tell you, you go, really? It was not well. She was not denying what we were going through, but she was declaring what she was believing for. And that's a word for you today. God says, tell them, tell them all will all well. be well. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, bow your heads at all of our campuses. And maybe you're here today in this moment. And maybe first and foremost, it isn't well with you spiritually. You've never surrendered your life to Jesus. And I'd love to just lead you in a prayer today, a prayer that just receives Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible is very clear. All that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That is the starting place, is to have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you've never done that, or you've done that at one time, and you need to do that today because you've been running from God, and you say, that's it's just... I just need to come back. That's where my peace is. That's where my joy is. Regardless if it's the first time or the hundredth time. And if you're here in all of our locations and you're not right with God or you're ready to to, to surrender your life to a loving God, a Jesus that died upon the cross for your sins, I'm just going to ask you to pray this prayer. And it's more than just praying a prayer. It's it's really meaning it with your heart. And I'm going to ask everybody that all of our con- at all of our locations, would you help pray this prayer with those that may be praying this for the very first time as a means of support? Come on, if you need Jesus in your life, pray this prayer. Say, Father God. Father God. Come on, say it out loud. Say, Father God. Father God. Still not allowed. Say, Father God. Father God. All right, there we go. I receive Jesus, I receive Jesus. As, my Lord and Savior. as my Lord and Savior. Today. Today. I put my trust in him. Father, forgive me of all my sins. And with your help, from this day forward, I'm going to live for you. 
Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give it up for those that just prayed that prayer. Man, we celebrate with those that prayed that prayer for the first time or rededicated your life. Man, God's so real. And what he's begun in your life today, the Bible says he's going to be faithful to complete it. At all of our locations, please, nobody leaving. Got a few more things I want to do. I want to pray right now a prayer of application before our our, uh, staff teams come back to our campuses and conclude the services at our locations. But I, I just want you to hear it today. News alert. Breaking news. God wants me to tell you, in your situation, all is going to be all right. Father, I pray. I pray for your people today. God, maybe, maybe they're, they're feeling like that Shunammite woman, God, in a hopeless, hopeless situation. But God, I thank you that you are a, a God that brings hope into hopeless situations. So, Father, I'm asking today that regardless of the noise and the pain and the craziness of our world, that God, that you have a place called Goshen that we live in, a place of healing, a place of protection, a place of promise that even when we're sick, God, we can say we're, it's all going to be okay because we know your promise that by the stripes of Jesus, we are the healed of the Lord. Father, regardless what we're going through, you've given us a problem, a promise, and and we can declare it's going to be well because we already know that you have spoken into that situation. So, Father, in in our lives, in, in our relationships, and in our family, God, we need your help today. And, Father, God, we declare not what is, but we declare what you have promised in our lives, in our homes, and in this church, everything is going to be all right. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.